0: Brewed in 12 years, actually. <laughs> what do you mean, just 12 years show up at festivals? No, I, I was on the phone today, actually, with. Uh, I wear my watermelon hat. I uh, <laughs> I was doing. I'm doing a wet hop here tomorrow, and um, it's exciting because I've never done one before. And so these hops are very volatile, and they have to volatile and they have to be like shipped out, overnight immediately. So I was on the phone with the uh, hop union, to see what they had. He says, yeah, we've got these hops because they literally they just come in, and then you call them up. And they say, yes, we have them, and it's like you're, it's an organ transplant. So. Uh, I didn't know, I've never brewed one before, so I was trying to figure out what the deal was. And so I had Vinny, I was texting Vinny Salerzo, and I was like, <laughs> you know, what do I, do I, what do you think of Chinook? Yeah, Chinooks are great. And I'm like, yeah, I think I want to get the Chinook to the Hop Union. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so I had to hang up with them and find out what the deal was with uh, how much I have to add and all that, make sure I had it right enough. So it all worked out that well. That's why Absolutely. I kept you waiting downstairs. Well,
1: that was probably worth the wait for us then.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an awesome beer.
2: I was talking before the you showed up at the, uh, the pre-meeting. I was talking to everybody's favorite uh, attempting to start up brewer who brewed his first IPA yesterday. Oh yeah, and uh, Richard. I guess he discussed it with you and got the review. And, yeah. and I told him, I told him when it's done, just pour some grain alcohol in it and just say it's quadruple IPA. Yeah. It's
0: supposed to be that <laughs> quad IPA. <laughs> he was, he was. Dumbfounded. And he brewed a British one, which is interesting because there's such a fanatical thing with West Coast-style IPAs today. And I was like, dude, right. what are you doing? And then he told me it was in. I was like, oh, God, that's hop water. <laughs> <laughs> that is not IPA. So that was interesting. Well, the, <clears throat> the trend seems to
1: be to make these big hoppy things that have no balance and have no flavor except for bitter.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think people, and we could probably get into that a little bit with the discussion today, is that, uh people got re- really into hoppy beers and they ignored the the malt side of it and um and you really have to do that otherwise you know you know when you taste an ipa and it's like whoa uh, there's no malt here it's all bitterness so people have figured out that balance or but leaning towards bitterness so mm-hmm. that's been nice yeah
2: i remember there's still <clears throat> someone like that it's just like uh.
0: yeah you know that you know i remember uh james up at moylans he's like Oh, dude he's like <laughs> he, he has hop you know components every single part of that brew i mean everything from like extracts to uh, to hop pellets which are like these alka-seltzer things in the in the filter to you know dry hops and so it's, know, so and it's oils. serious seriously yeah. hop salad every every exactly every single hop you know uh fraction you could think of he's using at some point so that's a great name actually hop fraction
2: hop fraction mm. i like it i'm
0: gonna write it down
1: Good. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> the kids won't know what fraction it might be. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't do fractions. No, but you'll do this one. Yeah. Decimals yeah. might might well be easier to add than fractions. Well, I was
0: never good at math, so I could probably do that fraction without a problem. We were
2: doing fractions on the last show, 913.
0: Oh, yeah, 913. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been interesting. We were... Uh, we were uh, Relating
2: uh, certain styles of Belgian beard Listening to Frank Zappa music With a r- weird percussional uh, time prints Like 9-13
0: Jeez, you guys sound like you're out of your minds
2: <laughs> Have you heard
0: it yet? I think I did hear part of it Steve was on that show <laughs> yeah, Steve Steve was on, yeah. yeah, Steve was on that show Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We, uh, we, we chatted for a long time we Went all the way to two hours <laughs> I, I think I didn't hear the whole thing But I did. I did. what I do remember you, uh, you were talking a lot about geography
2: Yes, and uh, to make when the show starts, I have a clarification to make from last week's show.
0: Oh, you do? Okay. Well, speaking of
1: that, then we'll just ring the bell and go. You're listening to Beer School. You're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel halfway around the world just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how all the styles came about, And the history of brewing since 1983. 1983. Wow. Well, actually, and I could talk about
0: that before that. Yeah, but we have the
1: last part of this to say. The best part about beer school is the homework the homework uh, is beer
0: i sorry i stepped on your that's line there that's okay no. you know i'm amazed john actually you actually do that whole intro without even reading it There's not even a teleprompter in front of you no
1: there's no prompter there's not even on printed on the side of a
0: glass although that would be a good place for it that'd be good you could, actually those would be your, that would be beer school pint glasses mm-hmm. you could just have the whole intro and people could just be there <laughs> Halfway around the world. <laughs> homework.
2: Homework. <laughs> Warning, do not read bottom of class if class is full. Yeah. What? Oh, my <laughs> pants are wet. <laughs> Got him.
0: That's funny every time. Now you've said that joke before, Motor? I have. Okay. <laughs>
2: That's okay. We're so many shows into this now. That's so many episodes ago. (laughs)
1: 1983. This is when the whole revolution kind of restarted from a California point of view.
0: Yeah, it did. Um, You will, you know, the whole law changed in 82. Um, uh, Actually, at Triple Rock, we were just at last week uh, Mm -hmm. here in in Berkeley, uh, commemorating the 25th anniversary of the passage of that uh, Act AB 3610, for you nut bones at home, and uh, mm-hmm. and they uh, yeah they passed the law, and I think Triple Rock was what the third brew pub to open in California. Is that right? Or fifth? I think
2: that is correct. They were fifth in the nation, third in California. That's right.
0: And uh, so it was an exciting time, and it was really all sort of brought on by uh, the whole craft movement at that time was kind of brought on by the passage of uh, the Homebrewer Act, I think, which was in uh, 1978, allowing people to homebrew. Although I suspect. Especially in Berkeley, people were probably homebrewing a lot uh, sooner before that. And so you had a lot of people that were interested in at that time kind of just breaking onto the scene and, mm-hmm. uh, and doing it. So, and so those first brewers were, were all basically homebrewers. Right. Real homebrewers.
2: Do it yourself, figure out what you were doing, and then yeah. try to ramp it up. Well,
1: and that's, that's really the thing that I remember about, the, about some of the craft brews that I first tried yeah. from, a, from a, brew, a brew
0: pub point of view. They were terrible. <laughs> well, you know, but, but you see, do you remember them? Because I grew up in Southern California, uh, which is why I left Southern California because there was nothing. Ha- There's nothing happening in the brew scene there, right. even when I left in '93. And so to come up here and instead and sort of be exposed to that, but I'm kind of interested from your s- standpoint, you guys on the other side of the table, uh, what the experiences was for to have those first brews because were they good? Did you think they were good at the time?
1: Well. My first experience was, okay, I'm going to a place that's brewing their own beer. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Okay. That was, you know, in itself a mind blow because I didn't know that beer didn't come from a factory. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the beer, uh, how beer was made. You know, it it basically came in a box, in a can or a bottle from some unknown place. And it, it wasn't clear to me at the time anyway that it was four simple ingredients and basically mm-hmm. you're boiling water yeah to oversimplify the whole brewing process <laughs> that was it kids okay good <laughs> <night>. <laughs> and so it was a really it, it was an education for yeah. me it you know the idea of here's seven styles to try mm-hmm. so we would try all the different beers and you know stouts are like oh yuck, and make the joke about hey you want a fork and a knife with that beer
0: because <laughs> so, we didn't know. So what was your first? Um, what was your first craft beer? What was your first brew pub beer? My, because first, my first
1: brew pub beer would have been um, 1988 in Boston mm-hmm. um, at that brewery near the garden. And I want to call it Boston Ale Works. Beer? Are you talking about the baseball park or uh, no, no? No, okay. No, not the not Fenway. Okay, but because Boston Beer Works is the one by Fenway. Yeah, okay. It's not Boston Beer Works. It's the one that's by um, the
0: basketball mm-hmm. stadium. And what kind of beer was that? It would have been a pale, really. Yeah, and you remember liking it or not? Because I, I can't re- even remember the first. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I, I remember.
1: I, I remember going, you know, sucking it up like, oh yeah, this is very good, and yeah. the whole time gagging
0: it down. Because it, it wasn't <laughs> It was, like, <laughs> it was like probably, love. you know, actually what it's a lot like is the first beer that you had, probably. Which, you know, I know you guys did a show on that, or yeah, yeah. what your dad drinks, or whatever that was. And uh, the, you know, it, it was probably in a can, you know, and it was probably bad. But, you know, and you were probably young, and you right. didn't know really what you were. Because Would I you, remember hating it. Like, you know, it was probably warm, and it was just like, yeah. oh, this
1: was great. So my
0: whole thing, sucking well, it down.
2: Yeah. i got a, a technical question first. Have we introduced our guest yet? Oh, oh no. that's right. <laughs> well, this, is, this is always No, fun. no, no, no.
1: So this is the funniest thing, because this is the man who reminded us that we have to <laughs> our introduce our <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, sort of in, it was sort of intentional. I was seeing how far we could go without having... It was in your master plan, John, <laughs> was it? You know, you could ring the bell again right now. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm not going to ring the bell, but I will introduce Sean O'Sullivan
0: from the 21st Amendment. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh,
1: publican, co-owner, yeah.
0: Brewer. Yep, I've been doing it for a long time. Actually, I was trying to figure out how many years uh, uh, I've been doing. I basically got started in the end of 1993. So, uh, what is that? 13 years? 14 years? 14 years. Yeah. It's been a long ride. You're a teenage brewer. So this is, <clears throat> I was so young, thin, and handsome <laughs> back then. I've seen video from that era. <laughs> so what do you mean you've
1: seen video? Well the, the, the dangerous. The Frecha part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the weird bus. Uh, that bus is actually still around San Francisco.
0: The, that's right. That was the, uh, yeah, the, I know what you're talking the, about. Uh, the, His wedding bus. Yeah, the wedding bus. Yeah, well, I don't look anything like that now. No, no, I'm a mess.
2: You become mature and handsome.
0: <laughs> mature I'm like a fine wine, <laughs> if I can say that on the so show. So
1: 93, that would have been third generation. Kid. Well,
0: I was. We were kind of talking about this before when we uh, when you were pre-interviewing me for the show about a week ago, and uh, we. I think I'm second, between second and third maybe, or third right there, but I had a lot of ties to sort of the old timers that um, were the brewers uh, that started, you know, those brew pubs that first started in in California in the late 80s, Um, you know, like uh, uh, Grant Johnson over at at Marin Brewing Company, you know, that place got started back in 89, he started uh, shortly thereafter, and then... You know, guys like uh, Randy Gramp at uh, Calistoga Brewing Company in 87. and Roger S- Lind. Roger Lind at, at uh, Lind Brewing Company and, uh, you know, a host of others um, that, and I had contact with them. The guy that actually kind of got me into brewing at the time was the brewmaster at Triple Rock when I started, or right before I started, because I did that whole thing like, I really want to brew, you know, came in there and did that thing. That's how I got my start right. and volunteered for a while. And, uh you know, and I remember he said, "Yeah, come on in." You know, I talked to him on the phone. This was Sandy Savage at Triple Rock, who was the brewer back then, in uh, in uh, what was it, ninety three, early ninety three, and uh, and then I just got, I just bid on it, and that was it. And so these guys really had their ties to to sort of the the old timers that were doing it, like uh, uh, Don Barkley at uh, Mendocino Brewing Company uh, up there in uh, in Hopland, which was like uh, the first brew pub or second first, first, first one brew pub in yeah. in, uh, in California. So it was kind of it's kind of it started mysteriously like the day after the bill gets signed. <laughs> yeah, that, <I> mean, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And it was it was was it open? It's still open actually. It's now owned by they, somebody else. The uh, the
2: they bulldoze the beer garden. Last when I was driving back from Boonville and the brewery's up the road in, in
0: Ukiah now. Uh, yeah, they got the big production brewery. That mm-hmm. was depressing, actually, because those last few years, this is the brewery, the Hopland Brewery in Mendocino. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of walked into this place, this old brick structure in this small little town in Hopland. It just goes, the 101 cuts right down to the center of town in Northern California there. And, you, and you'd go in there and check it out. And it looked, you know, you could see it was on its last legs. I mean, the hop vines weren't tended to. They were yeah. kind of, and the whole place was kind of falling. Then they stopped serving food. Then once you knew that happened, the place is going to close, and it's really sad. But actually, back in the
2: day, I mean, that was that was the whole thing. We'd get and go up for the release of Eye of the Hawk, and yeah. go up for their October Fest or their anniversary party, and it was amazing. And I remember uh, back to talking about what our first microbrews were. My first were Anchor, and then the 1.5 liter bottles of Mendocino when I would have been in my late teens, because I had cousins who were going to school up at Humboldt State or just living up around Eureka. Uh, living that lifestyle, and they'd come down for uh, for Christmas or Thanksgiving, yeah. and they'd roll in with like four or five one point five liter bottles of Red Tail, mm-hmm. and you just go, "Wow, this is interesting. Yeah. This, is, yeah. this
0: is good I've stuff. Never seen a beer that big before." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because of that uh, Mendocino Brewing Company, that plays up in Hopland. Uh, I think you were talking about it actually, the Beer Hunter series by Michael Jackson that he put out. He actually did the uh, bus ride when Fritz Maytag would take all his employees and load them onto a bus and drive up to um, the barley fields or hop fields, some fields, barley fields
2: like Crater or Klamath Falls or something like that
0: up there, and they and they did a stop up in uh, at Hopland and you you know had a you know played some music and did some crazy things.
2: Yeah, we drive up there to go see bands because they have bands Friday and Saturday night.
0: See, I'd like I would have liked to have seen that. I never had a chance to see that. I always saw it when it was just like you know like. Ghost (laughs)
2: town, drink beer.
0: So, I just thought
2: it was fun because it's it's still the first place if you drive north on uh, Highway 101, which is the other main highway uh, the length of California. It's the first place where you can cross on a crosswalk when it gets to two lanes.
0: Yeah. So
1: 1993. Mm -hmm. So the the brew business has been going for 10 years, and they're really you're finding the equipment is not the. Pieced together, cobbled together, borrowed from other places. Well, or is, or is it still? No, it kind of
0: was. I mean, if you went to like Lynn Brewing Company, mm-hmm. which was Roger Lynn, who's one of the first brewers in, in, in the area, uh, he had a place has a place that's been sold since then. He's not there in San Leandro, California, and he um, he pieced it with a lot of dairy equipment. That was what was available at the time. Dairy equipment. Uh, a lot of breweries, small breweries, picked it up. <clears throat> They also, at the time, a lot of what was happening in England is a lot of, a lot of breweries in England were being gobbled up and there was a lot of consolidation there. And so these small little brew pubs uh, had these, uh, had excess equipment, these Grundy tanks, seven barrel Grundy tanks, which were f- being used as fermenters and serving tanks, which seven barrels is about 217 gallons. And so you saw a lot of these seven-barrel breweries opening up all over the place in the United States, brew pubs. And it was a perfect size for, uh, you know, a, a small brew pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, really. Uh, and so that was sort of what was happening. So things were being put together. You know, stainless is what you want to use in brewing because it's easy to clean and you can keep it sanitary. Uh, Triple Rock was interesting where I cut my teeth brewing. Is, uh, it was the first brewery that uh, this big now brewing congl- uh, uh, manufacturing conglomerate Called JV Northwest uh, out of Canby, uh, Oregon, up north, just outside of Portland, uh, built this this brewery, this you know made you know small brewery. It was seven barrels, and it was completely fabricated specifically for brewing beer and it's interesting because dr lewis dr michael lewis is the big uh, brewing professor at davis uc davis um, helped out on the project and he got together with john martin and reed martin who i think were probably in their maybe late 20s 20s, these young kids (laughs) who uh got involved in brewing and put a brewery in their father's old building and i remember looking at the first logs uh and it was reed martin head brewer and dr lewis assistant brewer it was pretty funny actually to have this like, you know, a wow. steam uh, uh, brewing scholar to be involved in a project like that. So um, re- Triple Rock was really the first, uh, kind of one of the first small breweries where, you know, a brewing company kind of got. And then it all blew up. I mean, then people started, you know, brewing manufacturers started coming out of everywhere you know, and and started making uh, systems for everybody. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting time. I mean, people still are using those old grundies. You go up to Magnolia Pub and Brewery in the Upper Haight here. Dave McLean... Um, he did he did have some manufactured tank. He has actually an old uh dairy tank used for his hot liquor tank uh, basically to hold hot water in in his system and he uh, he also uh bought a lot of the old Grundy tanks as well and uses them as well for uh, st- uh storage and or, or serving tanks. So, yeah, they're still out there. They're great little tanks. Yeah.
2: I remember when uh I was living right up the street and going to school in Berkeley when Triple Rock was getting built when we realized three blocks from us, they're building a brewery, it was just like, you know, you're like 20 and they're building a brewery three blocks away. It's like, wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, those were, I mean, you know, talk a little bit more about the history of that whole time. uh, You were there when it opened probably. So you probably have a real like, um, you know, eye on the scene because, I mean, for the stories I hear, it was outrageous. I mean, they had.
2: They had lines out the door to get in. They had bouncers at the front door. Uh, And it was just, it was wild. It was off the hook.
0: And did you like the beer?
2: Yeah, it's imprinted in me. I still, you know, Red Rock and and, uh, Pinnacle and Black Rock, it's still the same sort of thing.
0: Now, I heard that because when I brewed back there, we had um, eight fermenters and I think eight or, and then we expanded out to 12 or 13 serving tanks. But I heard that even though they had eight fermenters, they still only had three beers on because that's all they could keep in the tanks because it was so popular. Yeah. Now, that's kind of amazing, actually.
2: And I think they added some after they originally opened because they're – this is completely going to blow everybody else away and not care. But right by the kitchen where you have the glass refrigerated doors yeah. in their fermenters in there. I think originally there were no fermenters in there. Okay. It was like storage for the kitchen.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, you're right. I think it's serving tanks now. That's yeah. where all the beer is coming from to the tap. Whatever those so. – you know, I don't know what goes on I down know. Down it's down all down magic. Down. You're on this side of the bar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was a, a place that I – Spent not a lot of time because it was 50 miles from my, where I was living, but it was uh, a place called Laszlo's in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So this would have been 1987, 88. And I would go make the trip, have some beers, get some to go, and then go back home uh, and then finish the session, <laughs> as it were. Um, but the funny thing about this place was. That they were open for three years serving beer, and then they bought, they were able to get a liquor license for mixed drinks and all mm-hmm. that. And because of that, they were also able to serve, uh, they put on tap Coors Light and some other beers. The Coors Light sold more beer <laughs> than the whole brewery put out in, in an entire year. That's depressing. It is depressing.
0: <laughs> but, you know, that maybe that's a sign of the times back then because, I mean, a lot of the first craft beer that was coming out of these small little pubs wasn't great. No. In fact, it was, you know, pretty terrible. In fact, if you go back to those places that you went to that you remember, I remember, I remember going to some places in Southern California. I think they opened well after uh, Triple Rock, but I was living down there. and wasn't exposed to this. And it, it was mostly these brew pubs in the beach communities, and they were not good at all. In no. fact, there's one right near where my folks live in Southern California, and I go when I go down there for Christmas. I'll go down there and I'll sit there, and the beer is still bad, still bad. But
2: they got a great shirt that I really want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: why is is that is that because they've these guys came out of a home brewer mentality, or well, didn't get their their equipment dialed in, or
0: yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I mean, it is. How,
1: like you, this, this, this business of beer, of craft
0: beer, yeah. has been around for twenty five years. So why would you make bad beer? I, I don't know to this day why that happens, and it, and it astonishes me. And I think that I probably have this. Um, as a brewer who's been doing it for so long, you, what happens is that when you get to a place where you brew at, like the 21st Amendment right now, and we use a particular style of yeast and we brew a particular style of beer and we present the beer in in such a way that if I go to another brew pub and I have their beer, I'm very critical, actually, and I, and, I, and I have to sort of watch myself. Because of the way they brew or the styles that, or, or, you know, but what it comes down to is it's not, uh, there can be flaws in beers. There can be, you know, bacterial issues and things like that, and things can be, and I, I think what drives me crazy is beers that are out of balance, and there's just not that. Um, there, there's just not the quality that's there. Because you can use a different yeast strain. You can present your beer unfiltered. You can do all these things. Maybe not, maybe have a, you know, a plethora of multi beers or something like that. But it really comes down to it, 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 it. When you go to a pub and you're like, this is not very good. And it's, it still happens. And I think what hap it may, it may be an out of of what they're doing or how they're brewing. Because there's been m- enough movement around with all these, you know, brewers stay at a brewery for a certain amount of time and we end up moving around. Which is actually the best thing in the world a brewer can do because you learn a lot doing that. And, um, so there's been enough migration that you think that that whole idea that you just mentioned, that it's just a brew, brewer coming in onto the scene, having been a, brew, uh, a home brewer for a long time. And saying I can do this, um, that you wouldn't see that, but you still do, and it's unfortunate. But um, there's, you know, but you know, to offset it, there's a lot of great beer out there right mm-hmm. now. So you've got you have. What's interesting is you almost have like brewers now that are not that have not been home brewers, um, who maybe did it for. I only did it for about a year, actually, year and a half, I think. Right? Did you go? And you went to? I took courses at UC Davis. I didn't do any sort of formal training. I did courses, and you know. Um, what did I do? Motor, do you know? <laughs> uh, let's see, <laughs> I did, did sensory... Um, I, I did courses in, you know, uh, sensory analysis, um, microbiology, uh, sanitation science, uh, brewing science, you know, uh, sort of like built my own little program there. And I did it after I started brewing. So I did come in with, like, I had, I had an idea that two different routes you can go in this world if you want to brew beer. You go to school and learn how to do it, and then you get dropped into a brewery and you do it that way. Or you can kind of do what I did, which is kind of you apprentice almost in, you know, get paid very little. And and then you kind of go up through the ranks that way, and then you end up, um, uh, what I did, like, go to school, take some courses, learn the, the hard science behind what you do, better than maybe what you read about, because you mm-hmm. can read about all this stuff anywhere. Right? Or
2: you figure out where you think you have holes in your experience, yeah. or what you don't feel comfortable about, or what you want to know the science behind. You yeah. sort of understand the process, but you want to go, if I want to do something else, I have to understand what's happening in this process that I'm doing.
0: Yeah. But that's the beauty. Uh, you can do that. And I think it's just more of a base that you have, like, you know, coming in as a cook or something like that and having, you know, certain tools. And, you know, you learn how to make sauces or, you know, whatever, you know, charcuterie, and you're able to cut that or whatever. Um, but it's almost like you have that because really, at the brew pub level, it is really cooking yeah. and with, the science, with science moved in. Because the great thing about that, as long as you don't really screw it up, screw up a batch of beer where you're, uh, Um, infecting it where you did had some sort of cleanliness issue, or you you know you were making a pale ale and you threw in like fifty five pounds of roasted barley, which is of course going to throw it out of whack. (laughs) But you can still sell that. You just have to spin it and you have to change the name and do something. So you, I I always say, I I did
1: get a new phone, by the way. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the story goes (laughs) that.
0: The, you could sell your mistakes. The, but,
1: yeah, you could sell your mistakes. The story goes is that Motor was egged on to get a cell phone.
0: Yes. And the way oh, okay. I, I didn't know where that joke that was coming yeah, from. no, now you know where that's going. Okay. So there
1: was no, Motor wasn't going to get a cell phone. Yes. Don't need one. I don't need a cell phone. Right? Yeah. So Sean said, I'll name a beer after you if, or, uh, yeah, I'll name a beer yes. after you if you get a cell phone. So like the next day, motor shows up. Yeah. No,
2: no, no. It was a while before I got the phone. I got the phone because of business. But then when I said, "Hey, Sean, I got a phone," and then like the next day, he had like a beer ready. I'm like,
1: how'd that happen?
0: No, we did. Uh, we. Uh, see you
1: know, I'm now the story's not as good.
0: Well. You, it, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what happened. I do remember having a few and us talking about it, and I said, well, because, you know, Motor, you know, is living perpetually in 1985, Um, but... That's right. If you look at Motor's iPod, it could be a 1985 iPod. Yeah, basically, brewpubs opened, and then Motor stopped listening to music that year as well, so... but uh, all kidding aside, <laughs> so Motor, I did say to him, look, you know, I will, I'll, I'll brew you a beer and name it after you. And uh, it did happen, and we, it was probably one of the most popular beers we ever brewed. We called it Motor Oil. Right. And, uh, I mean, people— It was this big, syrupy, big, stout. It was—but was a, well, it was, it was, but look, we Brian, dry-hopped yay. it. It was a big—it <laughs> It had. It was dark, deep, amber, maybe borderline brown, like you said— and uh, it uh, it had a lot of hop and malt to it. It was reminiscent of actually another beer I brewed at Triple Rock called Dragon's Milk, uh-huh. which was a mistake. Uh,
2: which is on tap there to this it's day. It's on
0: tap there to this day. They have tap handles made up for it. Um, of course, I get it. You know, a, a penny of beer out of now. But uh, <laughs> is
2: that where? Oh, that makes sense
1: now. <laughs>
0: that's what's funding my trip to Germany next <laughs> that's week. That's where all those pennies. But uh, they. Um, uh, and and that's going back to what we were talking about i had brewed this beer and I and I had an idea of what I wanted to do and I was unhappy with it and so you know I ended up doing dry hopping it of course and so it ended up being this big malty thing with this uh with a little bit of roasty flavor just subtle and then this big hop uh, aroma it was a good beer yeah so, and the motor oil is actually, we got to brew that one again because that, that beer would be perfect in a can, actually. It would. Don't you think so, Motor? Oh, it wow. Would. You <laughs> got All to, beer is perfect. You have to
1: a put can. the disclaimer on the can that says, do not put this in an engine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can paint the cans yellow.
0: You can paint them yellow or, you know, blue like Foster's. I think they call their cans. Uh, oh, yeah, motor oil, oil cans. Oil cans, yeah. So, um,. I don't know where we're going with that, but... Uh.
2: So anyway, you had, you had the, the first phase where everybody sort of cobbled together their breweries and realized you could make a lot of money with this.
0: Well, that's not exactly happened initially. Um, it was really... Um, that happened later, and that was a bad time in the brewing industry. Um, that was when everybody well, what was, what was yeah, you started when to realize every- there's
2: money in Then people came in and said, "Okay, let's let's do IPOs. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do that."
0: I mean, yeah, early on, like I said, you know, everything came out of homebrewers, and they were really passionate about. It, and they really wanted them. They were, you know, this this is, you know, people. What it was basically is you had probably twenty something kids who were traveling through Europe in the seventies, and they were coming back, and they weren't able to find that beer that they had over in England or. Or, or Germany or whatever, and so they decided they wanted to make it their own. So brewpub, so home brewing became really popular, and uh, and then the brewpub act passed, and then those home brewers decided, hey, you know, we can do this, and so they really had a driving force behind it, and so that happened for a few years, and then um, in the early nineties, I think it was our mid nineties actually, that's when. Everything kind of blew up, and you saw brew pubs everywhere, and you saw beer everywhere you saw people like you just said you know having like these initial public public offerings and and raising these huge quantities of money and releasing this swill on the public and that 's actually uh, you kind of see what was happening at that time. The market reacted because uh, we saw this huge, steady growth, you know big growth fifty percent a year, whatever it was for a long time. And then, really, in the 90s, it all got really—it slowed down, and you saw breweries starting to close because people were getting into it because they could make money. And uh, you were start, you were seeing like, and in the brew pub world, people were creating these great big restaurants and you know and and having like you know twenty five you know dollar entree plates you know and all that and expecting to sell beer. Now, I don't know about you, I'm just this way. I love beer, I drink it all the time, but if I go out to a brew pub and I see a plate for $25, twenty five, twenty twenty five dollars for whatever. I'm going to probably order a bottle of wine just because I'm hardwired that way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these – and it, the interesting thing about a brew pub is that you make – the profit margin is huge on this. So you really want to promote that beer. So at the two one a we really – when we first opened, it was – our goal was to – our goal was to keep the price down. It was really to make. I don't think we had anything above eighteen seventy. I think we've gone higher than that just because times change. And
2: right, I mean twenty five dollars. Gavin Houston keeps is, yeah. Is yeah. Different. You know, it'd be like 30, 30 yeah. something a plate now.
0: But so we and you know we only have four wines of each. You know, white or red. You know, I think we have eight wines on the on the on the menu right now. And he really that's all about pushing that. So some of these brew. You know, we sell we sell anywhere from thirty depending on fifty percent of the overall. Sales are beer, and that's really good. You go to a brew pub that maybe has, specializes more in cocktails, like there's a place in town that's closed down since then. Um, uh, the um, I forget the name, uh, name of it that's uh, where uh, oh, Frank Command used to brew at um, you know e and O and you know you'd hear stories about only 10 percent of overall sales. so anyway, the whole point of this is that during that time, people really got into. Uh, they, they thought they could make a buck. And, Wait, it really, and it saturated the market. The beer got bad because nobody really knew what they were doing, and they didn't know really what they wanted. And I don't know if you guys have stories about that.
2: Well, I, you, probably, you probably went to this place, Eureka Brewing, in L.A. that was uh, the, the big Wolfgang Puck Brewery. Yeah. And the first time, it's, it's the only place I ever put a curse on. It was right, <laughs> my, friends, my friends lived my right order. close to it over in, uh, in the West End of L.A., and uh, we went over there, and I was wearing shorts, and they wouldn't let me into the place with shorts on. I'm like, this is a brewery. You can't get in with shorts. And so the next trip I made down to L.A., I made a point of bringing pants along and going. We went to the place, and looking around, it was a huge, huge place, and almost no one was drinking beer. It was all wine. Yeah.
1: Well, we've seen that even recently. So when we were at Fresno last, yeah, last year, we ended up at, uh, at BJ's in the afternoon for lunch. And if you looked around on the table, it was iced tea, iced tea, iced tea, iced tea, iced tea, beer, yeah. iced tea, iced tea, soda, 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 beer, and maybe it was just because it was Sunday afternoon and these people were going to the restaurant to to uh, have lunch.
0: Yeah, but it was lack of beer all around. It, you know, it also really depends the market too. I mean, it's interesting. San Diego is its own animal. I don't understand that one at all. But no. um, but you know, <laughs> I left Southern California because I couldn't find a good brewery to sort of get involved in and mm-hmm. sort of you know sort of inspire me to do what I'm doing right now. But as the it seems like the further you go north here in this uh, in this part of the world, West Coast California up on what's uh, to uh, Oregon to uh, and up to uh, Washington, is that you um, you find more of a beer culture. You know, Fresno. I don't know what's going on down there. I mean, uh, certainly wouldn't want to live there. But what
2: uh, would well, anybody down there be thinking?
0: About Fresno? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's a big place. It's there's, a,
1: yeah. It's there's a like a million pl- and a half people that uh, live there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it, it might be the weather. I mean, uh, I'm just trying to. You know, I, well, maybe we, it's not a beer friendly town. We in a lot do of ways. I do know that when I was in when
1: I spent time in Los Angeles or uh, the low area as they've. As some people call it Halle. Halle. I was just there this yeah. weekend actually um, Is that it's hot And one of the very last things you want to do Is drink a heavy yeah. malty hoppy beer
2: yeah. well, my, my joke was always You go into a brew pub down there And you say what do you have We have a light, a light blonde A blonde, a pale, a light pale A pale red <laughs> And a light pale red <laughs> yeah. No,
0: that's true. It's that way. I mean, the beers are fizzier and they're served colder and they really are. And there was a ba- when the whole movement kind of caught up to Southern California, they were really kind of situated along the the beach lines basically, you know. Yeah. You had like Manhattan Beach Brewing Company, Redondo Beach Brewing Company, you had all these, you know, places down there and there was no real, you know, they, it took a while for it to catch on down there. Well, there so. was
2: Gorkies, but that was just freaky.
0: Yeah, Gork, yeah, that was it. Liked, that's a great. Have you Gorky's. talked about Gorky's on the show? I think I have. The, the it was the uh, Russian uh, cafeteria, Russian,
2: Russian caf- the cafeteria style beer. They had one that was right downtown in the Garment District, and one sort of in the armpit of hollywood and you would get your tray and your food and get like stuffed peppers it was awesome stouts but
0: i i only went to the one in hollywood a few times but i remember going to the one in downtown la by the garment district, and it was always kind of sketchy when you were there you always felt like you were going somewhere bad
2: but i really liked it yeah i thought gorky's was good and i was wearing my gorky sweatshirt up here in san francisco walking by union Square, and this guy stops me he goes where'd you get that shirt i go at the pub in la it's a great pub he goes i'm the owner
0: oh really wow
1: (laughs) so the other thing that happens and it may just be that the culture of the area is so different than it is say from san francisco bay area point of view where it is a driving culture everywhere you go to in that in that area you've got to get in your car and drive yes yeah whereas here in the bay area there's bart there's there's the train there's walking there's you know, lots of transit that gets you from place to place. Well, that's
0: true. And even, and this is what I noticed when I was down there. I've not, I usually fly in. I drove down there. I was going to a party, taking a bunch of beer down. And uh, people drive really fast, not to go on a diatribe about LA, but really fast. And I think, and I was talking to my dad about this, and I said, well, you have to do that because everything is so damn far away. Right. And that really is the case. Even here, <clears throat> not to do a commercial for the Bay Area, but you drive, and you don't have to drive that far, really, when you think of it. I right. mean, well, or if
2: you're, or if you're driving someplace that's far away, you realize it's far away. Mm-hmm. I mean, the joke in LA is wherever you go, it takes forty five minutes. <laughs> I mean, if you're <laughs> well, going to the store, four, it's forty five minutes.
1: If you're going downtown, it's forty five minutes. Yeah. forty five minutes gets you almost to Russian River. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, actually. You know, and yeah. forty five minutes gets you um, to. Well, you have to drive a little bit further than forty-five minutes, but you're you're in Santa Cruz. And
0: another forty-five minutes, you're in Canada. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right about that, and that's a good point because uh, you don't. Re- and and, when, and you know, not to keep going on, but heck, why not? Um, you, you you do drive forty-five minutes away, and you in in the Bay Area, you feel like you're somewhere else. You, you are somewhere in L. A. Right? In, in yeah. L. A., you're not. You're like, you know, Grape Country is right <laughs> forty-five minutes yeah. away,
1: so it's kind of all central to the. And that. now,
2: most of the places in LA, <clears throat> most of the good beer places in LA, are in, are in neighborhoods where you can walk around, like uh, Library L. House on yeah. Main Street, yeah. or all the places in Pasadena, uh, even uh, Nodges at whatever beach. there is. Redondo, Redondo Beach. Redondo Beach. Yeah. Redondo beach and beer. Redondo Beach Brewing there. Uh, it's in places where you can drive through. So the, the, where you can drive to. So there are a lot of places in LA that are walkable, but there's a whole lot that isn't.
1: Yeah. So, one of the craft brew experiences that I had was um, this would have been 19, I'm going to call it 91. I was at a party in Palo Alto, and the beer was being supplied by Gordon Biersch. Not only did the beer come from there, they brought their glasses along. Oh, wow. So, it was like done right. And I think they still had to give the glasses back, but whatever, it didn't wow. matter. The idea was, was that, you know, here was, here was this. You know, the local beer, the local glasses, the whole thing. And um, this would have been Meritzen, which I don't think is a very
0: good beer from my palate from a today point of view. But I loved that beer back then. I think probably every... I mean, my first craft beer, if I had to think about it, was probably um, Red Hook, actually. And Mm -hmm. then probably Anchor Steam as well. That was what was kind of available down in Southern California. But um, you don't really see a lot of... uh, craft beer lagers i mean that's uh you really got to make a commitment as a brewer to get involved in that that whole thing ales typically take two weeks to make two to three weeks four weeks sometimes and but lagers just take a lot longer so you didn't really have a lot of brew pubs that opened up making lagers just because of the economy of time and scale you have to have more tanks and beer sits around a lot longer so i mean probably triple rock in the early day they were probably pulling beer out of there and you know, within days, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, filtering, fermenting beer. <laughs> wow. So it would still be still be bubbling in the
1: glass, yeah. essentially. It's alive. So let's talk about Fallout. Let's talk about the big Fallout that happened probably during the ni- end of the 90s. Yeah. I,
2: I would love to go back in a Wayback Machine and get a bottle of Red Tail from back when I thought it was the greatest stuff ever <laughs> and uh, taste it against now because uh, my friend who works at the big factory brewery said uh, the problem that they have keeping their beer consistent across the country is the shape of the fermenter and so that if you ramp something up you can't actually change the flavor of the beer but mendocino is one of the one of the places that got ready to go big and sold out and then got bought out and everything got changed around from being this small little funky operation run by guys with ponytails uh, to building their, their beer factory up in Ukiah and the whole sort of fun of having the festivals and the keg toss, which I'm sure when they got an insurance policy, they said, well, you guys have, you're throwing full kegs for fun? That's <laughs> bad. But that was one of the places, also Portland Brewing, that used to be fun. That just sort of disappeared.
0: Yeah. I just think that, um, I mean, I don't know. What, I mean, I know what happened. I mean, the, every, everything became saturated. People thought they could, you know, um, <clears throat> make a buck. And, um, you started seeing breweries closing. It was kind of a depressing time. I remember being in LA kind of right around that time going back down and seeing like thirty two ounce bottles of uh uh what was it from Portland Brewing? It was um there was a Scottish McTarnahan's, yeah. yeah. And you know, think weird things that were going on back then and uh and i just think that people you know kind of maybe got fed up and it probably hurt the industry a little bit because you didn't have uh you, quality was lacking at that time mm-hmm. and um and it turned people off so what's happened now uh is you've got a lot of great beer out there i mean a lot you know and it really is kind of an artifact uh, a reaction probably to that time yeah, it's hard. I mean, every, you're competing against everybody. I mean, you know the breweries that you would go to to drink. You guys, you're, you know, beer yeah. drinkers, uh, you know, could, you know. I prob- just play one
2: on the radio. I don't really <laughs>
0: we, Well, like, for example, Potrero Brewing Company, yeah. right?
1: That was, there was a little bit of overlap with the 21A. Yeah. And so it would be like, hmm, do I go to 21A or do I go to Potrero? Hmm, uh, Potrero I can walk home from. <laughs>
0: well, no, it, it, seems, it well, seems
2: now that it's more demand driving the growth. Rather than finances driving the growth, going if we throw money into a brewery and yeah. make it big, we'll make money. Yeah. And now it seems a lot of the growth is people want our product. If we throw more money in, we'll be able to supply more people with our product.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting because uh, at the um, craft beer conference um, in Austin this past year, they were talking about the growth of craft brewing, and uh, they were talking about that it's really about um, it's more consumer driven. There's not a, you know there's people that are putting money in the big you know the big craft brewers. Uh, but, but not a lot. of mean, you don't see Sierra Nevada really like advertising a lot. You know, you see uh, New Belgium. You know, they they do a lot because they have you know this interesting sort of story. You know, follow your folly and uh, and, 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 the, and the whole art kind of thing around it, and the energy and conservation. Da da da. But um, it's all, really all being driven by the that guy and girl at the bar drinking beer. And you're right. Uh, all of us that are growing right now. All of you talked a lot of craft brewers. That are buying new equipment and everything like that, and it really is about um, the, we've we've got a demand, we've got to fulfill this demand. We're not trying to find a demand.
2: Well, right now, the words that you always see on the chalkboard at Twenty One A are "can sold out," <laughs> <Yeah>, "can sold <laughs> out," and
0: "coming soon." Coming soon. So,
1: this is a graph of the percent change in two thousand six versus two thousand five, the dollar sales in U.S. supermarkets. Um, And it goes – and these are all spirit alcohol-related. So it's um, total beverage, alcohol. The growth change was 5.1 up from the year before. Um, Beer, just in general, we're going to use the factory beer, was 2.4% growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Wine was 10%. Imports were 10.8. But the big, big mover was micro and craft beer was seventeen and a half percent growth yeah for in 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 a year and so what does that say that says that education is happening yeah. that people are seeking out you know if beer only this number here the two point four this totally robbed
0: yeah market share from from uh, from beer yeah the 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 big breweries have seen flatline sales for a long time like like the last four Four years or so, they really are struggling right now, and you're really seeing them go into uh, other uh, beverage areas like AlcoPops and uh, mm. you know sort of your your sort of the wine cooler of the of 2000, right? Um, and uh, Red Bull infused with yeah, yeah. something alcoholic, <laughs> Red
2: Bull and tequila, <laughs> Sparks. But the tequila is,
1: yeah,
0: it, Sparks. When I don't oh. even know what that is. Oh, I bought uh, that by
1: mistake once because we
2: saw the can, we said, "What the hell is that?"
0: We got to try that. It was, oh, it's it was It's like alcohol and caffeine, right?
2: It, it's like it's like Red Bull. John said. Yeah. It's like the flavor of Tang, but with
1: metal added. It, was yeah. what it, yeah. it was... And it's orange. It's bright orange. I think if you if you put it, the
0: right light on it, it would glow. Yeah. See, I think there are people out there that are. Well, people are obviously drinking that stuff. It's like I think it's all geared towards like younger drinkers, basically.
2: It's, it's people who are moving up from Mountain Dew and still want to remain extreme. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but those are good points. I mean, the uh, and and again, it's all being driven by the consumer. I mean, we we we've seen steady growth at our brewery, you know, since we've opened, thank God. And uh, but we and but it's been very little advertising. It's just it's just very organic, which is a euphemism for slow. But it still (laughs) happens. So it's exciting. It's a good time to be in the brewing industry turns out it's about a 90 billion dollar a year industry yeah
1: that's what i made i made about half that last year okay and the craft brewing (laughs) he's marketing the craft brewing market (laughs) makes up about four billion dollars of that yeah so of course there's going to be growth in that
0: in that space well they're they're talking about um with the brewers association that we're all trying to push forward for this 10 percent number so like ten percent of all beers sold is craft beer, mm. um, and they're talking about how do we do that and what kind of marketing dollar needs to happen. And you know what, <clears throat> you know, there's going to be the big players that are going to push that, you know, to to that number. But you you may, it may just happen on its own. I think it will. I mean, you know, just because you get more and more people, you get more interest in what's happening, and sort of being you know pushed away by you know turned off by the big breweries, and you know you have a whole other thing happening, you know behind the scenes on this and that people are more concerned of what they're eating especially in those big cosmopolitan areas like we live in right, right now you know the, the the slow food movement that whole thing that's really touching everybody's lives right now and they're really concerned about taste it's like what is in the glass that's what it comes down to exactly. and so uh, at the end of the day that's really what it's about and if you can get people sampling sampled on it then they're gonna turn around you know they're I gonna, think it's a well, great if time if you can say I met the guy who made this beer
1: yeah. and I know exactly what he put in it because I saw him you know, saw them haul the grain up the steps.
0: Yeah. I'm within, within every person I've heard is within like 10 miles of a brewery or some ridiculous, 90% yeah, of the population. Yeah, yeah. Except for miles, those, yeah, except like for
1: that. that one listener in, uh, in, uh, Montana, he's yes. got to go quite a ways. <laughs> He's <laughs> got to go quite a ways. Yeah. But oh, then, but, but then, he's got a buddy, but then <laughs> his, uh, but then his local serves moose drool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> and so
2: there's another hundred miles to drive. It. Exactly. <laughs> um, also, I think I think brew um, pubs are starting to realize that you don't have to. Not everybody has to do a gigantic beer. There's also the market that having a nice, crisp, refreshing, clean beer that goes along with the idea for why a person wants a course light gets more people attracted to it. Yeah, you know, if there are people who don't like a red. You know, that's too much for them. But there are other places in the in the market in different flavors that people can.
0: Well, there's, those are called crossover beers, um, and are certainly our watermelon wheat serves that purpose in a lot of ways. You're the
2: guys who make the watermelon. We do make that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to
0: talk right about, about the bitter. America, we haven't had the right? uh, watermelon wheat on the show <laughs> yet, but so the, I mean, that, they keep running out. Again. Well, we, we actually, we've had it in pretty good supply this year. We've been moving on pretty much on top of it. But uh, that is a, that's exactly what it is when you're talking about turning people on, tasting people, you know, getting them involved in what craft beers, or maybe they're not a craft. What craft beer is? They're not have normally not had it uh, and that's a great beer to sort of introduce them to it. A lot of people who don't like beer like that beer. Yeah. And a lot of people who love beer like yourselves love that beer. So it's a great, it's kind of found its own niche. It doesn't taste very good in January though. You know, I, I beg to differ. I think it's probably <laughs> one of the best beers we've ever I mean, Didn't we brew a beer like we brewed a, you a brewed a batch in January? winter watermelon oh, or what was it no, called? You're gonna, oh, no, you're no, no, going to
2: no. it, aren't I'm you? sorry. I don't think you've brewed it yet.
0: No, I brewed a you, a brewed strong a, watermelon you brewed wheat a titanium beer. watermelon. Yeah, I forget what I called it though. No, no, it wasn't no, called titanium. I think it was watermelon. No, it was watermelon wheat, wit. wheat winter wheat or something. Something. Oh. No, yeah.
1: actually, that beer was good. Yeah, but the but if you take just normal watermelon wheat and you have it in January,
0: there's something. Like, there's something you don't like missing. That. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like it, it. It doesn't have the outside
0: characteristics. That's when we send the whole production down to South America. Well, okay, and we make millions. <laughs> so
1: that graph there
0: the one
2: that's uh... this one goes this is a uh, declining line uh, sort of your we used to have a lot of money and now we have almost no money left and we're about to flat out, flatten out it's charting the number of breweries in the United States between 1947 and 1997 and it runs from a high in 47 of about 425 to a low of about 30 in 1997
1: so uh, those are the
0: mass-producing Those are definitely. the fac- big breweries. The big factory breweries. So that's a total artifact of conglomeration. I mean, you you had kind of small regional breweries that existed all over the country mm-hmm. um, that weren't small, but they were big. Uh, they were making a lot of beer, and they were just gobbled up by big breweries. And that's what that graph, I assume, is probably well, stating.
2: A couple of shows ago, I was just going through on the trip up to Seattle and Oregon for the Brewers Festival, that you had... Rainier, um, Olympia, Blitzweinhardt, and whichever one was in Vancouver. I forgot which one was in Vancouver. Between Seattle, Olympia, Vancouver, and Portland, you had four big regional breweries. They're all gone now, and nothing is being brewed at any of those. And that just happened
0: in the last five years. But a lot of those brews are still alive. Being made in
2: Irwindale, (laughs) California.
0: (laughs) Exactly. They're being mailed in Irwindale, (laughs) uh, which is certainly the case with PBR and also Olympia. And uh, it's interesting because Blitz Weinhardt, or Henry Weinhardt's, was brewed at the Blitz Weinhardt Brewery in Portland and is now, and was being brewed in Irwindale. Now it's actually also being brewed at Hood River. At full sale. At yeah. full sale. It's kind of an odd thing.
2: Where you can get watermelon <laughs> wheat sometimes at the Henry Weinhardt's Brewery at the bar that is in the place that That's took right. over the old Henry Weinhardt's Brewery. That's right.
1: Anyway, I brought that graph on because when you, look at, when you look at the number of breweries that are in, excuse me, microbreweries that are in the United States now, there's about 2,000 new breweries. Yeah. So, when you because if you see four hundred and fifty, well, the graph from a from a two thousand seven point of view is three times that.
0: Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I think the GABF this year just saw seventeen hundred or they they said there were seventeen hundred breweries I think in the country right now. Is that right? Fifteen hundred mm-hmm. breweries in the country right now, uh, craft brewers in the country I believe. So it's coming back slowly. It's all about responsible growth, though. Yeah. Because if you
1: raise a lot of money and you buy a bunch of big fat fermenters and you have a huge space and you don't fulfill you know, your day-to-day, it's not going to work.
0: Well, also, uh, during that time, kind of in the mid-'90s, the late-'90s, uh, <clears throat> you saw people that never really even brewed before or never even thought about it. It wasn't even about opening a brewery. They What they saw was the profit margin on right. beer. And they said, we can make a lot of money off They'll this. They'll hire and, one of those monkeys. Right. Yeah, they, we'll they get saw, somebody out to do they that. They saw the 85% yeah and they, it was great for the stainless manufacturers because they were building these great, beautiful, <laughs> expensive systems, like specific mechanical. And, you know, it's funny because I remember Nico and I, Nico Freccia, my business partner and I, kind of in the mid-90s, we went to Portland or – or Seattle, actually, to, to the uh, – I think it was called the Craft Brewers Conference back then. I'm not sure. And they, had, they have a trade show part of this whole thing and you would walk out on the trade show and these big manufacturers jv northwest specific mechanical um, pub brewing all these big names in the manufacturing world would bring in these whole systems and set them up on the floor and you'd walk around you'd be like ah, your eyes would roll to the back (laughs) of your head because every brewer is like you know secretly having And, and now that doesn't happen. You go to these, you go to a craft brew conference, and you go to um, these expos and equipment expos, and you don't see that anymore. You may see, you know, uh, a keg line, you know, that somebody brought in and set up or something, but you don't really. See people. There was so during that time, there were a lot of equipment manufactured. I mean, I remember seeing one brewery. Uh, this was a seven barrel brewery. This is basically the smallest brewery size that you'd want to put in a brew pub. 217 gallons it's like the bottom level entry level size and it was completely run by computer automation they had like they had pneumatic valves turning everything it was like a big brewery but it was like what this is a freaking joke i mean if the if your software goes down or you have some sort of problem with a valve you're not going to be able to brew on this thing That's the beauty, of, uh, and that's why it translated so well back in those days of being a a home brewer and then getting into into craft brewing when the law changes, because really all we're doing is we're just home brewing at a larger level. I always tell home brewers to come in and look look at the brewery, and I say, Look, the only difference between what I do and what you do is I control temperature, and you probably can't too and i have pumps and you probably have those too you might have those as well yeah gravity or or, or just pumps yeah. um uh, cuz you can buy great systems that mm-hmm. you know homebrewers can buy professional looking systems for a smaller you know 20 30 barrel size and, and 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 so in in my brewery we have pumps but we also rely a lot on it's it's not automated you still have to go there and crack a valve and hook up a pipe uh, a hose to a uh, another piece of stainless or another hose, and it's all very homebrewy in a lot of ways. So um, that I remember that seven barrel system with a with a computer screen and all that, and going, what the heck are these guys doing here? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But people probably bought that system because it was kind of the high point. That mm-hmm. that's what was happening. We we're all riding this tie, and that would look really sexy well, in the group.
1: They're looking at it from the point of view: of we can have more efficiency. We can. Have the brewer do less work. We can have. Yeah, but you know, there's you, all the marketing that goes with that.
0: Well, you're right, and that's probably how they convince them and all that. But I also think that, you know, if you're kind of a geeky guy and you're into that kind of automation, you probably spoke to you in a lot of ways. So, probably, well. And like, if you're not a guy who knows anything about brewing, then you go and buy that system. That's a beautiful system that's to a beautiful buy. You push the yeah.
2: button that says start beer, <laughs> and then you <laughs> dial what color you want. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> <dial> <laughs>
1: you, yeah, and then you <laughs> walk away. Yeah, you walk away. You walk away. It comes yeah. out. And then uh, you still have to hire the assistant brewer to clean the thing. Yeah. Well, maybe that's automated. Maybe that's automated too.
0: (laughs) You put hot water
1: in one end and push the button. Beer out the other. Get clean out the other. So what about the future of this?
0: Well, it's all going to go to hell in a few years. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no I, I think the future is really exciting the few, The prospects are unbelievable. I mean things cannot happen fast enough right now when you have um, breweries complaining that they can 't buy te- uh, kegs stainless kegs mm-hmm. um, oh that was the problem this year yeah it is it 's been a growing problem <laughs> when you have those problems, those are good problems to have when Happy you can't, problems that when you can 't make thing, when you can 't make beer fast enough, I was you know just talking to Vinny today about this wet hot beer we were talking about. In the pre-show, and um, and you know he didn't do one this year because he's been so busy put opening up this new fifty barrel brewery he's going to put in up in Santa Rosa, um, and you know you if it's nice to have those problems, and and you know we're doing this we're having the same problem with our whole, you know putting our beer in cans. I mean we we're, we were having we were having different problems. We didn't have problems with equipment and all that, although in our own way we did. I guess we had like legal issues and getting around the ABC. Alcohol Beverage Control uh, of uh, not really California. Around,
1: not really getting around them. Not just getting working, around working with, working them, with and tr- them and
0: trying to figure out how to make it work and how to make everybody happy. So it's a good time to be brewing beer. Really, as it's exciting. You see that you see what's happening and with with people that come to festivals that are getting exciting. And there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of great beer out there that's being made and. Um, and you re- and if you don't make good beer, you're not going to survive right now. I mean, back in the day, like when Motor first started drinking beer at Triple Rock, I mean, you can get. And you, John, when you uh, when you would drink that bad beer, you were you you apologize. You could apologize. Know, yeah, we
2: didn't know anybody. No, you it. go to place and just go. Oh, this is uh. I don't know because there were a lot of places that would just. What do you have? We got a dark and a pale, and it was just like. And usually the dark was the pale was yeah. and the dark was weird too, but the pales were. Ugh.
0: I remember this place, kind of get to give an example of bad beer, I guess. Uh, it was called the Albany Brewing Company. And uh, it was over there in the East Bay, kind of near Berkeley. And I remember going to the opening party, and it was like brewers and all this. And there was, you know, the home brew um, store was there. And and I was talking to this guy, and I, we, we were drinking this beer. And we was just, this place is not going to, you just kind of knew. And then I went back weeks later with my friend, with with Nico, actually. And we were sitting at the bar and we were drinking their their dark beer their stout and uh it was putrid he, i couldn't drink yeah. it i mean i mean <laughs> i couldn't drink it and i remember the owner coming out and and pulling a pulling a pint of stout out and i knew right then that that was it and so you don't see that so much anymore because those places are going to come and they're going to go very quickly mm-hmm. and and you, you hate it though when they close though honestly it
1: also might be that there's enough people around that can be that can be brewers that can step
0: up and make that work. That's a really good point because right now you have kids that are coming up that maybe never, like we were talking earlier about, never even home brewed before. Right. And they're getting involved in brewing. They're getting, they're going to school or they're starting to brew at a brewery and they're learning from people who've been doing it for a long time and they kind of carry that sort of wealth of information with them. So there are a lot more better brewers now. Well, I mean, we can, we
1: had Steve on the show last week. He's a, Want to be out of work? Brewer. And he's not very good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then Claudia's husband, Roger. Yeah. And Melissa, who, slouch, slouch. No. <laughs> and, then, and then Melissa, uh, Motor's favorite brewer. Yes. Yeah. She just quit.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but she I mean, had to get out for other reasons, I guess. No, I mean I'm kidding. <laughs> and, and so all these,
1: all of these people. There's three people that we just mentioned that are very talented. Yeah. And will be able to to make great beer for wherever they go
0: yeah you're right you're exactly right and it's uh and as well they should because if you didn't you wouldn't be hired no (laughs) you wouldn't be be, be working right now your
1: reputation would be like whoa why am i even talking to you because you worked there that beer was bad you worked there that beer was bad
0: this community is so small and it is such a tight network that when jobs do open up um, they're filled very quickly, and typically it's by local people because we all kind of move around. We all run in the same circles. I get a lot of about, not so much anymore. We used to get a lot of applications from people across the country, and you're not going to, unfortunately, you know, bring somebody from you know Minnesota out here. No. Why would I do that? I mean, I've got like people in my own backyard that are willing, and maybe those people know people, and and that's the way that works. So. Um, you're right. You've got, we've, we've got a great, you know, uh, sort of wealth of, uh, of brewing knowledge here and individuals. Works well. Let's
1: see. What else do I want to talk about?
2: I don't know, John.
1: I don't know. It's don't, on the notes. Right I don't here. have, Oh, the notes are over there. Give me, <laughs> give me my notes. Cause the graph is hiding my
0: notes. Sean, do you have anything on your notes? <laughs> um, I think, I probably started drinking, I think probably my first craft beer was uh, Anchor, actually. And I think I, I think I went to Anchor before, Anchor Brewing Company, because they'd been around since 65 when Fritz Maytag bought them. Probably uh, before I went to any other brew pubs, I think. Like, we I'm d- trying to think of what was the first brew pub I went to, and I can't. I think it was probably Gorky's down in downtown L.A. I, so and I didn't just, even really know anything about you know brewing, probably. Well, we uh, discovered
2: my senior year in college that... If you called up and got a reservation, you could go over to San Francisco and drink free beer any day of the week you wanted to. (laughs) You're talking about an anchor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we would do that. And then, you know, it was was triple rock. And I remember one time um, back in the day in 87, 88, we would just grab the celebrator and take a look at, you know, where they're – no, not 87. Yeah, 87, 88, grab the celebrator, uh, get in a car, go drive for the weekend and go – I at one point I'd hit almost every place in the state except for the places in San Diego. Wow. And you're like wow. going along and like checking them off the list, But right there, what right there. Right I always there. travel
0: with my celebrator actually. Yeah. That's a good thing to do. I mean, never know where you're, you're gonna be where there might be a brew up. I was
1: in uh doing a Macworld Expo show and we ended up walking through North Beach, walking by San Francisco Brewing Company, and I'm like I'm supposed to go here. <laughs> it's on my li- <laughs> it's on my list. It's on my check. Yeah, so we uh, took a right turn into the door and bellied up to the bar and had some beers. That was after a lot of other beers, though. So <laughs> who and knows there's some who knows what those tasted like? Who knows what you were drinking? Some of the funny little breweries in funny little towns have sort of
2: disappeared. Um, I think the one in Hollister is is that gone closed? Bummer. Oh, that was certain. That was a cool. brewery. Uh, San
0: Andreas. I don't remember that one. I don't think I've ever. It's uh, a cool little brewery. Yeah, driving
2: out to little places in the middle of nowhere, looking for breweries, finding them, or not finding them, or finding that they've closed, or finding that the best one is finding that they're not open yet.
0: You know, we're open. You show up. You yeah, show you're up. you are look
2: at like everything's still like half together, and
0: we're opening tomorrow, and you're not going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Belgian
2: place in North Beach.
0: Oh, that's right. There's a new place opening in North Beach, right? Yeah. What's the name of that new place? Uh, La Latrape. La Trap. La Trappe or La Trappe? I was trying
2: to affect an accent. Oh,
0: okay, you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Le trap. We're going to North Beach. North going Beach. to Le Trap.
2: Yes. It's uh, the trap. It's going to trap me. <laughs>
0: yeah, you'll never, well, you, will never. Motor will never roll down the hill any further than that. You know. I, I and then we won't see him. We won't see him at, tra- see him I, at the Twenty First Amendment. I only anymore. go to Twenty
2: First Amendment because it's the uh, closest brew pub to my house. No, that's not it. No, because <laughs>
1: <not. laughs> the bus <laughs> takes you.
2: Yeah, no, the bus takes me other places, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the bus take you to Tornado the other night? Uh, no, that no, was... I was
2: kidnapped to Tornado the other night.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yes. There's a story.
2: No, it was, mm-hmm. wasn't really a story. Last night at Tornado would have been a story, but...
0: I Roger's Last Stand is on. Yeah, I heard about that. This is Roger Davis's last beer, Last yeah, Stand. Last... Yeah, it's he... supposedly really good. I hear it's high in alcohol, and it's really, really good. And I, hear, I heard from Steve McDaniel mm-hmm. and Roger... They were there drinking it this past Friday night and just obliterated themselves. In fact, I was driving, I think Justin from the Brewing Network was there, and, I, and uh, Stephanie and I were driving by, uh, and we. Uh, she, I was like, could you just go in? Maybe we should go in and get a, a beer, and, and she was like, nope, we, let's not do that. And I Sully, said, you know what? You're right. Solly. we're not doing driving. that. Sully. So he went and had a very nice... <laughs> They had a very nice what meal. Were you
1: accidentally driving by the tornado for no 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 no, seems no.
0: Like no no. This was actually at uh, I'm sorry. This at was at Bar- This is at Barclays in um, oh. in uh, in Rockridge. Okay, so that's kind of far. Yeah, well, for me because I, I mean I live yeah. in East Bay, so yeah. But, that's uh, not, that, they that's were all,
1: not. That's not a casual. What's just no no by.
0: no. I went to her house and picked her up, and then oh. we were driving by, and I knew those guys were there, and I'm actually glad I didn't go in.
2: <laughs> Ended <laughs> up going to a
0: nice, and lovely Italian restaurant on Piedmont Avenue. Lovely, hmm. having wine. Wine. They made me an egg pizza. Actually, <laughs> that was exciting. Right on. That's my new thing. Egg pizza. Egg pizza. It's <laughs> a, it's a, it's an Italian thing. It's uh, basically just. I know we're off topic, but heck, you know it's beer school. It is. Um, I was
2: getting nervous that we hadn't gone off topic yet.
0: Um, the, it's 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 phenomenal. I I I went out to New York for Dave McLean's bachelor party in New York City, and uh, that's a big, right. You
1: were reporting back from. Uh, on the
0: phone, on the B N. Did the, I do that? Yeah, I thought I didn't call them. I don't remember doing that. You were, but on, you had
2: your
1: flu or whatever.
0: Yeah, you know, that's right. I had my. <laughs> Maybe you were just telling stories. Dave McLean is the like publican of Magnolia. Exactly, in, in And like, the, the Olympic. Olympic. Anyway, so uh, I'm a big fan of Mario Battali who's this big chef. He's a great chef, and uh, on the menu at one of his places, Otto Grill. It's a, uh, I think it's Oto Grill. It's um, it's pizza, uh, and on it's a very traditional Italian pizza with an egg on top. So what happens is that you just cook this sort of uh, you know, regular pizza with um, with tomato sauce and pecorino cheese. That's what they used. Um, and then in the last couple of minutes, you put it in the oven in the last couple minutes you break an egg on top and then it cooks the egg and then they serve it to you that way. So I've been trying, I've been making this pizza at home. I'm like <laughs> obsessed with making this pizza. And... uh so we were at this, Stephanie and I were at this Italian, this Italian restaurant, and I made, I, I, it wasn't even on the menu. I said, can you make this pizza for me? And they said, yes, we can. But they served it cut up. They kind of cut oh, around no. the egg, and you're not supposed to serve the pizza uncut. But it was still delicious. Wow. It was unbelievable. So when
1: do we get to have that at the 21 I I don't
0: know if it'll ever make it to the Is tour, Lorenzo in, in on the deal? Does he know how to make he it? He knows how to make it. He, yeah, we, he was going to make me one the other day, and uh, I don't think our ovens get hot enough. That's what I heard. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be like a wood burning oven. Our ovens I think get up to around 600 degrees. These ha- the ideally it has to be up to like 1000 degrees or something okay. like that. Really hot, high temp.
2: So you got to you got to talk talk them uh get it on the menu at Jupiter.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. Cuz
2: they've got like two wood burning
1: ovens. Yeah. yeah. That all would right. be fun. Well, pioneering beer we were all part of it in a way. Yeah, and it goes, uh, good with, it goes great with beer. The it egg pizza goes big. great with beer. <laughs> it does go great with that. <laughs> All right, well, we have some listener mail that we're going to wrap up with. And uh, Jill writes in and says, Love the new website. So crisp and clean. And then she reminds us that I spelled something wrong and says... <laughs> <laughs> I said it <that> too. It's <laughs> like, funny. And then, uh, then she's brought us beers from Egypt oh wow yeah so they're what kind of beers are from egypt uh, i don't know they suck evidently they, according, to, multi- her, according multi- to her according to her sweet yeah um but you know when it's 118 degrees even a Singha tastes awesome that's the name of the beer oh really so we have those that's to thailand we have those to look forward to thailand Singha. Singha's Singha thailand well i think Maybe Whatever. they called the same beer in the same you know different country. Maybe there's, I a, big con- I maybe there's I a big maybe there's a big controversy. That Jill anyway, maybe there's a big controversy <laughs> like there is with Budvar and Budweiser. <laughs> can I can
2: I bring up a, bit, a little bit of news? Yeah. that's very timely considering our last show. Belgium is in a parliamentary crisis right now. They yeah. don't have a government for.
1: What we were making fun the, of the this. Dutch end of
2: the country doesn't they want to leave the rest of Belgium? Who wants to leave? The Dutch part of the country.
1: Oh, okay. The North
2: the wants to leave. Yeah, they want to split. And they're, they're right now, they're, <laughs> like I he... think it's 100 days without a government or something.
1: Wow. Um, those, well, there we, you go. we should be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, we should be actually. <laughs> think,
2: well, we, you know, California is getting closer ties with the EU. And sooner or later, <laughs> later we just
1: <laughs> exactly. cut the cord. <laughs> Maybe those Belgiums want to have, uh, those Dutch Belgiums want to be part of California. We'll welcome them with open arms. We will. And their beer. We'll take their beer, too, of course. And like their beer a lot. Well, anyway, thanks for writing in, Jill. And that means that everybody knows that there is a brand new version of the Beer School website. New website. Finally. That took a long time. I've been really picky about the template that I've wanted to use for WordPress. Mm-hmm. I finally found this one that I like lots. And what it does is it it's advertising compatible. That was the big thing and but it also it lets us uh have more topics visible uh, on the front page. We're gearing up for our big,
2: our big IPO. Wow.
1: Well, yeah. there you go. So <laughs> there's uh photos, uh fun, there's going to be a news feed so you can if you don't want to go to one of the other news things, we'll put stuff there. Um the fun stuff is going to be all the crazy beer commercials that you'll find on YouTube uh and other places. Oh, wow. that'll be fun. So it'll be fun, especially like I was watching uh, football this weekend, and I was amazed at the quality of the beer commercials. What quality? Like you know how bad it was? <laughs> no. Just, just how, how much money they spent on it? Just them. how clever they were. Uh, for example, um, Miller Light did, and who would drink Miller Light? These guys snuck beers in to an opera, and the opera they're all proud of themselves so they've got glass bottles, and <laughs> the <laughs> opera singer starts getting all on the high note and gets her high note even higher, and the bottle's shatter in their hands and then the bottles all break in this guy's suit <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious and then the guy behind or in front of him reaches or turns around and goes hey you guys should bring your beer in cans there you go hey you there could you repurpose
2: go. that in a couple of years exactly
1: <laughs> i win on that one without even being involved in it because <laughs> like, there's no bottles of 21a beer no. for sale hey speaking of for sale and 21a beer when is um the library Party?
0: Oh, you're talking about the uh, library, the dinner with the what? What are you calling it? I forget. Motor? You're my, you my, my publisher for the day. <laughs> I don't think
1: we came up with a name for that, Mister. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> got, I've got the me the what's so- in the what's in Sean fridge.
0: Um, it, it, I think we were calling it like the library dinner, brewmaster dinner, or something okay. like that. You know, I, there, the planning on that is actually going to kick into high gear because we were all just waiting for baseball to end. So the idea behind this is and that. baseball's ended for the Giants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you can smell it
2: wafting <laughs> up 2nd <Second> Street.
0: <laughs> you can throw a, watch the white smoke coming out of the... Um, no, it's, uh, it's, a great, it's a great... I had this idea that um, I would set up... You know, the brewery's not that big. You've seen it. It's a small bre- little brewery.
2: The brewery's the size of a
1: two-car garage, yeah. basically.
0: But, yeah, Anyone I, who says that they don't have enough Space to brew, yeah. Come check
1: out the brewery at the twenty. But what
0: I wanted, I've, I've amassed a huge collection over the last seven years of all these beers that people have given me or I've collected, and they're sitting in the back. And my brewer Jesse is always, you know, whining about whining about space it. and all that. So I was like, all right, well, I got an idea. Let's do a dinner, a brewmaster dinner. But let, what I really wanted to do is, I want to charge like a hundred bucks. Uh, I wanted to set tables up in the brewery and invite like 10 people, and we sit down and we have like this crazy big meal of steak and lobster and just, you know, throw everything at it. And then I would go in the back, in the walk-in, which is right there in the brewery, and pull out these beers and go, Hey, what do you think about this one here? Let's open up this one. It just... Just do it, you know, yeah. and uh, and then the the idea actually got legs, and uh, and so then we said, well, maybe what we'll do is we'll kind of expand it out, where we'll spend some time in the brewery, and then we'll go up to the mezzanine, the loft area, the brewer's loft, and uh, have it up and have part of the dinner up there, and then maybe head outside and you know set up the little portion of the beer garden, have like cigars and some you know after dinner beers out there. Uh, so that's the plan. It's sort of like coming along, and there's uh-huh. big interest in that right now, and so uh, the I think... price has not changed, just the amount of people that can come. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you never know if the price was going to change or not. But uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do. I think it'll probably be around $100, and it's going to be a lot of fun, so... I'm spending um, my money on the bus.
2: Am I going to save up for this? Oh, uh, yeah. We have the... <laughs> <we> have the <laughs> and
0: br- then there's the bus from... I'm wearing
2: my later lederhosen on the bus. Oh, are
0: you? Oh, yeah. Uh, br- it's uh, Oktoberfest on the bus, and it's... Uh, what's the date? Je- uh, October <laughs> should 20th. Know this. October 20th. Yeah, and it's how much... $120. $120. Yeah, 120 But and that I, includes
2: every possible yeah, thing you could possibly that, want.
0: That's like all the beer and all the food we're feeding you this year. Um, I, I think we did that last year, but we didn't make any money off the thing last year. I mean, this thing barely No, because I've done even. buses,
2: and when I saw the price for your bus, I'm like, they're not making any money on that. Yeah. Man. so well, the
1: bus was 65 bucks. Yeah, we included and lunch. This is last year. Yeah, and we, went, we went north last year. And there were some beers that were gratis, but for the most part, I ended up spending in about another sixty dollars, yeah. and that's where Nico and I batted this around. I'm like, well, I walked away with, you know, that's how much I spent. So maybe that's the magic number.
0: So the so this year we're going south. We're going down to uh, Santa Cruz, Half Moon Bay, and there's probably Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale, beautiful Sunnyvale. That,
1: that brewery that's up in the, the the hills of,
0: yeah, what is that one I called? It's up in. It's one of those small little, like, uh, one like that we
2: Mountain Brewery or something like that. I don't know, someplace I've we don't never
0: have been. the We don't have the tag in front of yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I didn't come prepared. Uh, on that <laughs> department. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great, though. So there's a couple great events coming But the beer, the, the Brewmaster Library dinner is, uh, I have to start really, you know, putting you people's feet to the fire. Are you at the GABF one. this year? Yes, I'll be at the GABF. Uh, I'm only going for a couple of days. I'm not doing the whole week thing. I'm kind of burning out on that thing. And, yeah. Uh, so I go on on Friday, and I leave on Sunday. Okay. And actually, I am headed this weekend. I urge anybody who's inter- in the international realm of your listeners to join me in Prague.
1: Oh, you're in Prague. Uh, I'm
0: going to Prague on Sunday for two days, and then I head to... Um, Munich Bamberg for Bamberg. three days, and then f- three more days in uh, Munich. So cool. going, to, I'm going to Oktoberfest. I have not oh, been wow. to Oktoberfest. I feel, I, I feel like every brewer should, should go to Oktoberfest. So Octoberfest. you're going to Oktoberfest. I went when I was five. My family that's lived. Not in, really going. No, in. it's not. My family lived there for a couple of years when I was younger, and uh, my only great memory is well, large women carrying yes. beers.
2: Everybody looks good. Every woman looks good in a dirndl That's yes. all I have to say. <laughs>
0: And roller coaster rides. Oh yeah, and huge tents. So that's I'm all about huge tents. Yeah, <laughs> and I got to say I went. I went a couple of years ago, and I thought I
2: was prepared for how big it is, but you're never prepared for how big Oktoberfest is. Yeah, well,
0: I'm well, looking
1: so forward. So if you want to get in touch <clears throat> with Sean, we'll relay the message. So just send uh, a message to info at beerschool dot com and saying send this to Sean and.
0: We'll hook them up. Look yeah. for the guy in the lederhosen with the
2: watermelon hat. Yeah, look for like okay. the guy in the Water. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: it'll be a lot of fun. Coming and then right yeah, right when I get back, it's uh and then I'm I'll be up at um traveling a lot right now. Uh I'll be in Northern Cal at the North Northern California Homebrew Festival in Francis. At Lake Francis in Dobbins, California. Up the hill from Chico. Yeah. Up uh the 5th and 6th of October. That's a great event. All these homebrew clubs come together. And they set up these little booths, and you're out in like this nice uh, nice stretch of grass. And um, they, and Sean Paxton, you've had on the show before, yeah. is a phenomenal chef. Just a great, great beer chef. The guy is just crazy. Comes up with these phenomenal—and just a really warm individual. Puts on this phenomenal beer dinner for like 140 people or something like that. And uh, really does it well. Actually, they're serving the watermelon funk there i don't know if you've talked about on the show vinny is the keynote speaker as a matter of fact cool so that's going to be a great time as well how much
1: is left of the watermelon funk it's got to
0: be you know that barrel's almost got to be gone uh the water i think there's probably um 20 gallons of it left i'm sending i think 10 gallons to uh the i'm sending it to actually b or GABF. And uh, sending five gallons to this dinner, and then I want to kind of hold on to some myself. I'm going to can some, actually. That's cool. Yeah, Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know
1: that cans, um, the life expectancy is much higher. It's much higher, John. That's right. It is. No, it is. No, we've done, we did beer versus beer, and we proved that cans tend to have a better flavor overall. The only thing the cans don't do as well as glass is shatter. <sighs> That's yeah. true. And you need that sometimes. Well, in the case (laughs) you you know when you're sneaking your beer into the opera, (laughs) (laughs) so it's going to be a busy month.
2: It's always a busy month.
1: So what's the homework for this month? I mean, this. Don't look at me. I'm the talent. I'm just. (laughs) I have to look somewhere. I can't wait. I can't. uh, I can't ask the the bottle. The, the Bottle of beer that's in front of us. The homework is uh, go to a
2: tequila party, come in and record beer school without throwing up. That was last week. Okay, no, no, that was weeks two weeks ago. ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a brutal, that was a brutal recording. Well, you've got it's, a- it's uh, it's send in letters for our, our letters. Oh, that that's right. Okay, so this is right. This is your homework. All right, so because we've just been talking about, there's actually two parts to your homework. One of them is like yeah, you don't even need this as homework, but this is your homework. Go find a brewery in your, you know, local town and maybe ask to hang out with the brewer. Wow. You know, hey, is the <laughs> brewer here cuz I want to talk about about beer and beer making with you. Uh over a pint.
0: So that's, uh, that's Be your... really cool about it, though. No, don't just... <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I'm like looking yeah, at you right here, now. You, yeah. <laughs> I'm going like, Jesus Christ, don't tell... them No, I'm just kidding. Ke- no, there is a way to approach us. Yeah, and so what would that... We're sensitive it... people. We, uh, we shy away from bright lights. So no for flash photography, of course. Of course. But, um, it helps if you're female. Yeah, it does help if you're female. So if you're a guy, guy. bring a girl with you because that's always fun. Uh, You just, you know, uh, there's a, you know, if 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 uh, we if a brewer looks busy behind the glass doing something, you don't want to knock on the door and come in. You know, maybe, you know, hang back a little bit. Like imagine if you were at your work and doing whatever you're doing, and somebody came in and wanted to meet you and talk to you about what you do, but you're like ensconced in what you're doing. You just have to kind of remember that. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the whole thing about uh, brewers at brew pubs is that they should want to talk to you. And something you know, we all have you know bad days and good days, but um, just, it's all about talking because we are we are in the entertainment industry. I've seen you roll your eyes and then and then get and then
1: five minutes later you're back in the brewery and you're smiling and happy and you're telling stories, you know, and it's like and then you're having fun again.
0: Yeah, you just have to kind of somehow you have to just you have to remember why you're in this industry, why, why you're in this industry, and and uh, and what you could be doing and if you weren't in this industry, You could be a podcaster. You could be a podcaster, which isn't so bad, but you could be working somewhere where you don't want to work. That's and, true. Most brewers, um, probably 99.9% of us, are doing this because we love to do it, and we, lo- and, and we like to talk about it. So, um, yeah, approach your brewer, but be, you know, what's your, subtle. and
2: What's your strangest ever drunk guy walks into the brewery and wants to meet you story?
0: Well, there's a few, and some of them I don't know if I can talk about on the air.
2: Because yours, <laughs> yours is just so convenient, because it's like there's the door to the, there's the, door to the brewery with a big sheet of glass in yeah. it. There's the door to the women's room. There's the door to the men's room. So anybody who goes to the restroom at 21st Amendment can easily...
0: Well, there's a reason why the women's restroom is so close to the brewery door. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, I, the strangest one... Have you ones, changed
2: the tape in the camera recently?
0: There's no camera. <laughs> the That's right. Those the rumors of cameras at the 21A are unfounded. You're being silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no probably the weirdest one i had didn't happen at uh I, you have a lot of strange when you get a lot of drunks uh, obviously and that's just you know what th- what happens is an artifact of drinking great craft beer is uh w- one time when i was working at steelhead brewing company which is where i was before the 21st amendment and i had this german uh guy come in i think he might have even been a german brewer as a matter of fact and he wanted to see the brewery at steelhead and i was showing him around and we went back into the walk-in and um uh, And on all the serving tanks in the walk-in are the the sample ports, which is where you can pull a a sample of the beer off. And uh, this guy was, like, looking at this tank and looking at the sample port, and he was like, is there anything in here? And he just... Threw the thing open and just beer went all over the place. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was probably one of the strangest things that there. Knock on the there. tank before yeah. you flip the... Or don't touch anything. That's, a good, that's actually a good piece of advice. Yes. Don't touch anything in a brewery because it's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous area full of chemicals, heat, pressure, and ghosts. The ghosts are the scariest <laughs> yes, part. Yes, they are scary.
1: All right. The other part of the homework is this. Um, we're doing a show in the future called uh, Listener Mail. And so we have a lot of mail, but we need more mail. And <laughs> because damn it, if you want a long show, just keep writing. Pretty much.
2: <laughs> you don't want five minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, no. We have the. We have. We're going to be able to finally read the mail from the guy who uh, uh, was writing in to complain about uh, Roots versus Hogan's Heroes. Wow, you guys were getting out there in the <laughs> <Yeah>. tangent department. <laughs> It was a good one. I forgot what I was comparing. It was it, to, but, yeah. it was funny. But anyway, we got we got hate mail from that. And uh <laughs> actually not really hate mail, that's not really the right way to describe it, but anyway, we were being schooled on beer school. Oh well that can happen. It, yeah, it does. And so anyway, uh info at beerschool dot com. Um short, long comments, praise, hate, change this, do that. Photos. Photos. Uh, hey,
2: thanks to uh, what's his name, who sent me the links for the auctions for the Pebble?
1: Oh yeah, that was fun. What Motor was complaining about his phone. Oh,
2: Before I know. I had the yeah, I to get a. That's another story. Wanted to get a Pebble, but they didn't make Pebbles anymore. So one of the listeners sent in an email found found uh, eBay links to, to get Pebbles
0: still. They, so you can still buy those your old phone.
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't my oh, old it, phone. Oh, you want still... to buy a new
0: Pebble? That's right. Yes, okay, I want gotcha. to buy the new Pebble. But then he got a different phone, like yeah. a Pebble, but not really.
2: Yes. It's probably the guts are exactly the same as the power. It
1: is the same guts. Speaking of guts, we need to wrap this. I think. Okay. Because I I don't know, but anyway, we're just going to say what we always say, and that is class class dismissed. All right. (laughs) Let's check the time. You have to be somewhere. I got
0: to run out of here and pick my little one up.
1: Oh, it's exactly the right time. We we got to go.
0: Fantastic.
1: Out. Oh Oh, wait, wait. no, you uh, you say that. That's your that's your line. Out. (laughs)
2: I want to re-record that. I'm going to get that right.
1: Hey, kid. Take Sean O to Bart.